Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and welcome to our podcast coven. Magic Seekers. Hello. We're back for episode three. Yay. What are we going to talk about today, Shan? Well, I think today we will talk about what a circle is. Uh, it's round. That's <laughs> 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 so funny. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about like as in, of course, um, relating to how witches say sit in circle. Mm-hmm. Um, activate a circle. Yep, circle work, yep. casting a circle, mm-hmm. all that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. As a medium, I sit in circle. I did yes. for many years while I was perfecting my craft. Love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So tell us, what's a circle? So a circle is to create a safe container for raising energy and working with that energy. So this is when you like cast a circle or open a circle and then afterwards closing it down again. Uh, So people have been gathering in circles since ancient times and women would gather in red tents during their bleeding time to tap into their intuition, uh, which is said to be heightened um, when you're bleeding. Mm. Mm. Mm, The bitch in me is heightened when I'm bleeding. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not the witch. (laughs) Do you think your intuition gets heightened during your moon time? No, No, I become very human. Yep. Because I don't have very good ones. I think if I was much more in rhythm with it mm-hmm. and not so sufferable, yeah, uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but definitely not at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, basically a circle is uh, yeah creating a safe space for ritual and connection. So it is opening a portal of energy and that needs to be respected and honoured. So doing it safely. Yeah. So that you can connect to your higher self, to spirit and to others. And that translates across to all spiritual work really. It's just not always called a circle. Yep, true. Uh, like we, we open up the gate mm-hmm. or, or we open up the portal or we open up the energy or we open up the light. Um, mm. There's lots of, I guess, the same thing happening but different language. Yeah, for sure. That, that people are using. Well, you'd be doing that when you do mediumship mm-hmm. readings, I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do it uh, in this room. So yep. like as I start work, it's just a, a matter of opening up. Um, I don't call it a circle. Um, I just open up the energy. Mm. Uh, but is there a symbolism behind the circle? Well, I guess it's unbroken. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Mm. Love it. It is beautiful. And so can anyone open a circle? Like well, if you've got like, if you're in a coven, yes. is there like the person who gets like to open the circle or like is there a head? Does the priestess open the circle? I would say because you need that person to kind of initiate that energy and mm-hmm. but it would be a collective Force. energy. Yes. But then yeah. someone kind of instructs it. Yeah. Like yep. the, the orchestrator. 
Definitely. Like all of the circles I've been a part of, there has been someone there who has done the blessing or, yeah. Because when we go to your sister circles Mm -hmm. or your moon circles or whatever you do that's in circle, Mm -hmm. you open up that circle for us. Yeah. 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 But you participate in it and then at the end make sure that I close it down so that everyone goes home with their own energy cleansed and back with themselves and Mm. no little things lingering around, I guess. And that's when you talk about opening a portal of energy. It needs to be respected and honoured. And in um, our other podcasts, uh, Turns Out It's Haunted and Turns Out She's Psychic, where we talk about or where I talk about portals to hell and (laughs) I refuse to talk about portals to hell. Um, This is a perfect example of that. So Mm -hmm. where people that are stupid will go into a place (laughs) and open up a portal of energy or a circle Mm -hmm. um, and not close it down. Yeah. uh, Either enough, effectively or at all. Wow. In which case it remains open for whatever energy port, whatever source they've been connecting to or mm-hmm. realm they've been connecting to, to be able to float between the two realms. Ah, uh, yep. Mm. Mm. Which could be very dangerous, that's for sure. Well, can be, yeah, usually mm. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so if, like, so when I'm in my room mm-hmm. um, and I'm doing my work, that would be me opening up a circle for myself. Yep. But, like, as a solitary witch, <laughs> <laughs> which I've learned now, um, can the, does the solitary witch open up that circle for herself or himself? I would suggest it. So I do that if I'm uh, doing ritual at home. I will, yeah, sit down and intentionally open up that safe space, that circle for me to do the work in. So it raises the energy while you're working. So it is easier to connect to your intuition, your higher self, uh, and then, yeah, consciously closing that down afterwards. So So there's a lot of intention. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And intention um, is energetic. So a lot of the times when I teach people how to do – like um, setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. So like this would be almost similar, but yeah. like you're setting that container to yeah. do that. You can't just say, oh, I just, I want to be safe from bad spirits. Like that's not going to keep you safe from bad spirits. You mm. have to have the intentional, intentional energetic um, will to really um, be in the present moment while you create that boundary. So that would yep. be the similar to doing this, the circle, creating the circle. You have to be very in the present. Mm-hmm. Do you do a visualisation when you when you open up a circle and close it? Well, I do. I think obviously there'd be so many different ways to do circle work, yeah. but the way I've been taught, um, yeah, I do visualise those four like aspects of the four directions mm-hmm. uh, and the guardians of those directions and I picture like kind of like a dome of white light around yeah whatever I'm doing so yeah and raising that um energy and vibration to be quite powerful but also protected so as you say about boundaries yeah yeah Mm. Mm, that's cool and so um when you're doing uh like you said before like when you're doing any kind of um releasing or um magic work Mm -hmm. and spell work so a witch has to or should Mm. always make sure that they go through like the process before Mm -hmm. they do that stuff I think so because even clearing your own energy and because you're going to be met with what you're putting out there energetically Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that your energy is clear and that there's clear boundaries and yeah you're making this like safe container to create what you're trying to achieve, like the outcome from, say, a spell. So a spell 
um, I did one recently where I was creating spell bottles for our property. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think it was really important to go through that process of like smudging, clearing the space, opening the circle to create those items in that Intention. vault. Yeah. With that yeah. vibration. Yes. Because had you have not done that and you'd just gone and picked up all of the, the ingredients mm-hmm. for the spell and then activated the spell, it's going to be infused with your energy that you were in when you were creating the spell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. I like it. So what's a sister circle then? Well, a sister circle is a gathering of women, uh, once again, in that safe container, and it's a time for connection. So to your deep inner knowing, uh, it can be different women that come together depending on the circle or event. And it's just a space I find where, yeah, you have that permission to be vulnerable and raw and to honour your feelings and even to see other people sitting with things that you might have going on and you can relate and it's just, yeah, it's beautiful to be in that vulnerability with other people. It's like where you can be safe to um, share if you need to and be supported. Absolutely, yeah. I am not a sharer. And that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone is and I think that's... Even just being in that space, just from my personal experience with Circle, um, obviously you get all kinds of personalities there. Uh, Even if you don't say a word the whole time, you're still marinating in all that energy and that sometimes being being there is enough to activate change within that person or, um, yeah, I've learnt that to get over my own ego when I'm holding Circle if someone's not really wanting to share or whatever. It's not about me. Um, They're processing whatever they need to in their own way. So, uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. everyone does it differently. And other people, uh, I use a talking stick, which, okay. The, Makes oh, me giggle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> talk, I am not talking holding your talking stick. stick. <laughs> <laughs> so a talking stick is a, a magical tool that you use and it's basically whoever holds it, it's their turn to talk. So it's that visual reminder of um not butting in because as women we love to give advice and we love to go, oh, me too and oh, I'm so sorry and, I, you know, this happened to me and it's not about that in circle. It's about holding the space for the other person to talk. So when they've got the stick, you don't talk. Um, and I can't think of where I was going with that. Now. I need a talking stick. Yeah. I think everyone <laughs> does in their own so house. <laughs> no, I need one. I'm such a butter-inner. I think it's because I'm psychic and I'm able to understand like what's going to happen and what the outcome is. I'm like, hurry up, let's get to it. <laughs> no, I don't know. Why. I'm just a butter-inner. I love it. Okay. Oh, so that's where I was going to, with the talking stick. So I have had circles where... Um, yeah, some women have got that talking stick and they just don't want to let it go. Oh, really? It's like <laughs> yeah. my time. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine it. too. So it's, yeah, it's really cool to see the, <laughs> how it all kind of flows. And yeah. some people are like, yeah, get that thing away from me. Other people are like, I just want to hold on to this for as long as I can. And <laughs> can I take it home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. And so um, in terms of sister circles, so can these be held by people who aren't witches? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And what's the difference between one that's held by a witch and one that's not? I guess for one that's not a witch, they probably wouldn't open the circle the way I do. Um, So I do open it with the directions um, and the elements. Mm -hmm. That's just personally how I like to activate the circle. Um, But I dare say anyone who is holding a circle should at least do some kind of blessing or something to start start that energy off. Because I've got a, like, I'm a little bit, um, 
because I take what I do so seriously. Mm. And I know you do too. Yeah, very much. Um, but because of that, I feel that, um, yeah, it's cool to get a group of women together if you're so inclined and sit down and call it a sister circle and be a part of a beautiful gathering. You know, it's still beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. Um, of sharing and giving and, and receiving and all of that kind of stuff. It's a safe space. Um, but I do wonder how much of that could be um, a little bit reckless mm. in terms of if you don't really know what you're doing. Because, like, um, like, when I was taught, like, to do what I do through all of my mentoring and everything, mm-hmm. there is such an emphasis placed on the responsibility of opening up what we used to call Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. It's like being able to open up someone's spirit. Yeah. Um, and their vulnerability and for them to be safe is one thing. Mm. Um, but then to be able to close it so that they leave mm. um, closed and not open and raw is is actually quite That's a huge. skill and it's something that you either have to learn, be taught. Mm-hmm. Very few people are natural at it or very few people even consider it something that they have to do. Yeah. Um, because they get so side like sidetracked by the fact that they've got the they've they've got the response that they needed, you know, that this person mm. needed to have a cry and then they needed to let it off their chest. But do you then just let that person go home? They're not going to be upset, obviously, but you're still opening it up mm. and leaving it open for any kind of influence to come in at that point. Like you're playing with people's energy whether you're consciously realizing it or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And that's why myself, um, so I've done two levels of training and I could have started running circles after my first level, but personally, I just felt like I wasn't ready at that mm. point. It was like, no, I need to know more. I need to learn more. Um, like these are these are people huge. that you're responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just me personally. I know, I know other people who have done that particular level one training and went straight into it and just took off. But yeah, me personally, I just felt I had to wait, kind of marinate in it all. I did hold circles just for close friends to start with and you were part of one of those as well um, because I knew these women and um, I felt safe with them as well as they felt safe with me. And, yeah, I just slowly like baby stepped into putting it out there in the community because obviously in the community I hold circles and I might not know anyone there and I never know what's going to come up or what people are going through in their lives and I need to be able to handle it and, yeah, navigate any big emotions that come up, know how to react, know how to, yeah, look hold after circle. these women and hold the space for these women to process and, and as you say, like leave there not all worked up and, yeah, I, I would Wrong. hate to, yeah, I would hate to open up something within them that they then go home feeling worse. Um, or even that they go home feeling that they're confident and excited or even ready and then they go home and they deliver it to their husband or mm. their partner or their child or their colleague or their boss or whatever without really truly considering the ramifications or the consequences of this heightened state. Yeah. Because it is, you, it can be such a heightened state. Mm. and But it's something that I think that, having experienced it, but also it's very similar from what I experienced. It's very similar to when you leave a mediumship event or mm. when you leave a psychic medium reading. It's you've, you've got, or even if you go to like a, um, like when I've done Tony Robbins before and I've mm-hmm. gone off and I've spent like seven days in a room with him for like 24 yeah. seven. And you, you are on this plane of existence that nearly everyone around you like does not it's like fantasy land fairy land mm. and you come back and you are like an alien to yeah. them 
and you're doing all these things and you believe it and you know it, but you've got to understand that everyone else around you hasn't had the experience that you've just had. Yeah. And they're not going to be up to it because you weren't up to it until you went to that sister circle and actually spoke about it and let it out and had the awareness. Mm. So you can't go out then to the real world and just go, this is my awareness. Now get to the, get to like, yeah. get up to speed. And that's another danger as well. You know, you can't mm. just put people out there with this false level of being able to maintain yeah. this because it's usually the awareness that feels so good mm-hmm. and the relief and the release. But then after that, you have to settle and recalibrate. Mm. And that can be quite dicey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also another aspect as well um, that I learned about in my training was uh, sharing regret. So sometimes people may (laughs) nearly knock the microphone then. (laughs) Some people, um, you know, may share something in circle that afterwards they may feel guilt around or regret or, or regret or really vulnerable and that's another like I go through at the starter circle and there's rules about it being a safe container and whatever's said in circle stays in circle and having that respect and no judgment um because you know we're all going through our own stuff and yeah I think it's really important to have those such a great boundaries point. can have boundaries yeah mm. whether mm. you're holding a circle for yourself or for a whole room full of people there's got to be boundaries yeah mm. And sometimes who we become when we feel safe and judgment-free isn't the person that we can be 24-7. Like that's why we go to the sister circle. Yeah. That's why we go to to that space. Let your mask down and Mm. let your guard down and But it's not something that you can do 24-7. No. It's not. Um, Okay, so if you're in a coven. Yes. Is that your circle? Yes. So a coven coven is a gathering of witches who will work magic and circle together on a regular basis usually. So it's usually the same group of women. So they would, I guess, create quite a strong relationship and bond um, within within that circle. Okay. And so would a coven be made up of all of the same type of witch or all different types of witch? So would there be like a, a sea witch, a green witch, a kitchen witch, and so they use each other's magic to perhaps yeah to conjure together perhaps yeah. or even like two sea witches come together to create like a tidal wave or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh, I used to love watching witch movies when I was little oh same same here um oh look I think both aspects probably um I myself have never been in a coven so i couldn't answer definitively, until but now. Yeah, until now, because I'm in a coven with you in the, <laughs> the podcasting podcast community. Uh, but yeah, I imagine it would be like anything. People would have their strengths and uh, what their natural abilities and they would bring that into that space. And I guess, you know, talking about the sea witches, yeah, I can see how like would be drawn to like and mm. yeah. So mm. that's an interesting one. I'd love to know if any of our listeners out there are in a coven. And and if you wanted to yeah. join a coven, how would one go about finding one? I'm not <laughs> sure because I don't think it's something that's kind of advertised. I think it would like be. Groups, no, yeah. that's another thing. I would love to know, listeners, if you have been in a coven or in a coven, how you kind of got yourself there yeah. because that intrigues me. I think maybe, um, you know, during my circle work I've met a couple of witches through that that have mm-hmm. came to a sister circle just for that need to connect yeah. and 
And even though it wasn't like a witchcraft kind of circle, it was more of a sharing one, that was still a way for them to connect with other women. It's ritual for them. It's ritual. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. So um, you have um, written down. (laughs) (laughs) Is this about Wikipedia and what a coven is? Yeah. I want to I want to hear a little bit about this Margaret Murray. Oh, I love it. It's pretty funny. So, according to Wikipedia, a coven is a group or a gathering of witches who work spells in tandem. So, you know, mm-hmm. that makes sense what we just spoke about. Or, according to English Egyptologist Margaret Murray in her work, in her work The Witch Cult in Western Europe, which was published in 1921, According to Margaret, it is an assembly or a band of usually 12 witches and the devil as their leader. <laughs> as we gag, no, what are, we cackle. We cackle. <laughs> so, you know, things like that is why witches get a bad rap. So I can't Far say out, man. I've ever personally met the devil. No. No, he's not, he's not no, your boss. No, he's not at all. No. Who doesn't like the sea or the oh. earth or the kitchen? Devil doesn't cook. <laughs> <laughs> hedges? Oh. Do you like hedges? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? That's just crazy. It's nuts. That's Seriously. Nuts. Like I wonder like. They've made this shit up. That's all I can say. Oh, of course. It's but... just like these little folk, folk tales and. Lore. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like, what, like, from a spiritual perspective, like, um, what part of their consciousness and their karma um, created that divide? Mm. And what karma these people would have gotten since in their in their lives that have been more recent lives, like mm-hmm. their lifetimes, their reincarnations, their incarnations, I wonder, like, if there's any karma from, like, because we, we talk so much about how, like, um, witches uh, have all of these um, wounds, witch wounds. Mm. Uh, and, like, we, we went through one with you um, last year when it came to fire. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, working through and pushing through that embracing of the fire rather than mm. always being afraid of it mm-hmm. and learning to dance with it. Yeah. Um, and that was a beautiful thing to go through you with. It was hectic for you, yeah. like hardcore hectic. Yeah. Um, but you got through it mm. and it was the best thing ever. <laughs> um, but I wonder if there's actually karma for the people that were on the flip side. Yeah. The ones that that's that hunted us down and killed us and burnt mm. us and spread lies and rumors and mistreated. Like yeah. I wonder what their karma is. Hopefully they come back as a witch maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Oh, I just feel um yeah, like in this day and age it still really spins me out when I get met with that kind of uh, preconceived ideas and and prejudice, really. Um, like I think most people are pretty open-minded now, I hope to think, especially in, you know, Australia. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I've had a few funny things recently where I've met with, you know, or bumped into people who obviously now I'm out of the broom closet completely mm-hmm. <laughs> with this podcast and just recent things, um, you know, with my business and whatnot and holding circle um, you know, and there's a woman that I, I've known for years through one of my children and yeah, like she could barely make eye contact with me at shops recently. And I was just like, wow, really? Like this, really? 
<laughs> it was like she was frightened of me. And I'm like, I'm still me. I'm still this exact same person. And just because now you know what I believe in spiritually and my rituals and practices, uh, yeah, I think I, I've scared her. I don't know. Mm. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I mean, people's uh, – same with me with psychic medium and coming out of that closet. Um, but I think a lot of people's um, – reactions like that I've yeah. always put it down mostly to just being uncomfortable with with that energy and really not knowing how they feel about it and yeah. having not really a clear opinion of it yeah or a, a clear you know answer to what they think mm. um I, the people that um through my life that have found out over time before I did what I do now professionally um eventually the ones that that were the ones that were a bit standoffish ended up being the ones that came to me with the, with the most amazing, mm. you know, things and, and insights and questions and intrigue and, yeah. you know, wanted to be a part of it mm. and learn. Yeah. Uh, and it's just finding out about themselves. Like she, that, that lady that you're talking about, mm-hmm. she actually could just be a witch. She just hasn't embraced it yet and is still being like in hiding, you know, yeah. Yeah, and has true. no conscious awareness of that yet. You never know. Yeah, true. Never yeah. know. It's That's weird. It, it, it's really strange how so many humans can be so far from each other mm, in, con- in awareness. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah, cool. It's pretty wild. Mm. And so we just spoke about um, like the witch, one of the witch wounds, you know, like with fire and things like that. Yep. Um, what's another witch wound that these days you tend to notice? I think women competing with each other, um, so or being fearful of each other. Mm. Yeah, I really um, feel that goes back to the witch wound of when we were turned against each other to like dob sisters in and family in and neighbours in in these witch trial times. And I feel that we're dobbing COVID people in. Yeah, yeah, and just that um, not accepting. Oh, how can I explain it? I, I take it back to like the, the maiden mother Marga crone, so the four stages of woman. And each stage should be respected in their own right. But I feel as women, and I guess society and culture as a whole has a lot to answer to with the beauty industry and whatnot, that, you know, I'm 42. I had to think about that then. <laughs> but it would be easy, I guess, at 42 to look at a beautiful 16-year-old and go, Oh, so jealous of her. Mm. She's got, you know, great boobs and a, you know, face. Yeah, and no wrinkles and she's Bright carefree. Eye. And, you know, you could get really sour about that. But it's honoring that and honoring like, oh, she's beautiful. She's a maiden. She's in her where you know, she is. Yeah. And same mm. goes for a a woman who's, you know, beautiful and pregnant and glowing, or a woman who is, you know, turning 70 and is amazing in her knowledge and wisdom and mm. her power. And I think if we can all look at each other for where we are and honour each other as women rather than compete or to... Compare. Compare is a massive one. I think looking at someone else's light or someone else's beauty and then thinking it takes from your own is really sad. And I think it does go back to these wounds that we have as women. And I think that's a beautiful thing about gathering the women in circle is trying to hold space and nurture each other and see each other exactly as you are. And yeah, it's beautiful. Hmm. So there's a lot of, um, divine feminine wound 
yeah. as well as witch yeah. wound overlapping there together, I guess. I think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. think we all are wounded in our own way for sure. Mm. Mm. It's a beautiful way to look at it. And even in generations we see it, you know, mm. like um, parents that are um, jealous of their children. Yeah. And children that are jealous of their parents, you mm-hmm. know, it's that generational um, stage of life. Yeah. Comparison and jealousy. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it's... Yeah, like you can't go back in time and you can't jump forward. Like you have to kind of, I guess that comes back to witchcraft in general, you have to acknowledge where you are right now and where you're at right Mm. now. But without taking away from other people that are... Not there. Yeah. Yeah. Without taking away but just accepting and acknowledging and honouring where other people are Mm. and knowing that that's okay. And it doesn't take away from you. They're there and you're there. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, when, when I do a lot of awarenesses, awareness work with people in terms of recognizing their own bullshit and calling them out on their, their stuff and really just owning their human experience so that they can then really learn to have a connection with their spiritual being. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the time people sort of get to the point where they, they understand everything from a new perspective and they're like, cool, got it. Now, as I'm moving forward in my life, what do I need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. For me, what I found was ritual is, mm. is what keeps me maintained. It's what keeps me to sustain how I do what I do day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was once reading a, uh, a post by a um, fellow medium and he was saying that it takes him like an hour to prep for a client and sometimes two days to recover. Yeah, wow. And I was just like, holy shit, what are you doing? Like I yeah. want to go and see you because I want to see what you're giving compared mm. to what I'm giving to know like what I need to be doing and, and whether it's worth it. Like yeah. for, for, it's just like hang on a minute. And I wasn't comparing. I was trying to figure out like who who here is, you know, not using their energy mm. more efficiently. Mm-hmm. But um, when – I forget why I was saying that um, – Oh, and so for me, what I know is that I always come down to my truth, which is, no, I, I work pretty damn hard to maintain and sustain a level of discipline around my ritual. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that just keeps me at this standard. Yeah. Anchored. And yeah. Mm. It's just a standard. And so it doesn't take long for me to be able to rise because my standard is quite high mm-hmm. and it's only kept that way because of ritual. And I know that comes probably from my DNA, from Mm -hmm. my past lives, from my witchy roots. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that. But in this lifetime, there are some uh, witchy associated rituals that I do partake in. Um, But tell us about proper witchcraft ritual and whatever you want to kind of talk about with that. So with rituals oh gosh there's so many uh you've got like your releasing rituals so releasing all that no longer serves you which is a really really powerful one so uh personally once again like I know other witches that do this on the new moon I personally do it on the the full moon um is yes it's taking that time to look at what's no longer working for you in your life and writing it down which is also powerful and burning it um then you've got like you're setting intentions and manifesting and basically spells are a form of manifesting because mm. you're creating, oh, I guess, 
a tangible thing that you can see. So you're gathering ingredients and physically putting them together to create a desired outcome. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's more about the intention than the actual items you're using, I guess, Uh, even though the items are treated with respect and essential and sacred. But it's that physical, okay, I'm going to gather this, this, this and put it with this and then do this, you know. All very present. It is, yeah, ritual and... It's giving you something tangible that you can look at and set forth into motion, I guess, mm-hmm. that energy. Mm. And so you've got the rituals that um, are the Sabbaths as well. Yes. And the rituals that you do in Sabbaths. Because like witchcraft is just so heavily ritualized. Yeah. And I mm. feel that like for anyone that's listening that is like just discovering that they might have an interest or an inclination mm-hmm. towards this kind of stuff, that it's really important for them to understand that the that with all this information, the best thing that you can do immediately is start establishing ritual. Absolutely. Even if it's just the full moon, just mm-hmm. starting with the full moon. Yeah. Uh, that's once every 28 days that yep. gets you in that ritual, a really regular one. That's how I started was was that. Mm-hmm. And then adding in the new moon, which is, you know, halfway between that. So every two weeks you're doing a new moon, two weeks later a new a full moon and so on and so forth. And then you can have a look at the wheel of the year and that's eight times a year. So just slowly, I guess, adding in, adding in different, yeah. yeah do you have a daily and... ritual that you do that you would consider witchy? I do, yeah. I, in the shower every morning, I energetically protect myself um, and I visualise Mine's a silver cape. I don't know if I've spoken to you about <laughs> this before. <laughs> it used to be red, now it's silver. So I just like visualise when I'm standing in the water, uh, yeah, this I put this cape on and it, the hood goes over my head and, you know, it goes down to the ground and that's my energy force for the day. Like nothing's getting through this and I'm To protected. be clear, Shannon does not walk around in a silver cape or no, that is just... I would love a silver cape. <laughs> a visualisation. It's a visualisation. And, and, you know, I know other people that do a pink bubble of light or... I know. do a pyramid. Well, there you go. Mm. Yeah, so it's a similar kind of thing. I guess I just really like capes, so mm. mine's a cape. <laughs> And then at night, like as in the last um, episode, we spoke about the selenite wand. Um, I do that to mm-hmm. kind of close down my energy, I guess, clear it, close it down before I go to bed. Mm. So they're my two that I do without even really thinking now. Yep. They just, yeah, it's morning and night. So, yeah. And yeah. that's something that um, for our listeners that don't do anything, that's something that will actually change your energy completely. Mm. And it's so beautiful and passive and easy. It doesn't cost anything. Like no. You don't have to buy, like buy a selenite wand or a piece of selenite. Which are pretty cheap actually. Yeah, yeah they're one of the cheaper yeah, crystals. Yeah, they are. And they're so mm. readily available. You can get them everywhere. Yeah. Um, but ritual, I feel, is um, associated with so many different um, as- aspects to life. Mm. But within witchcraft, it's heavy. Yes. Heavy. So start, like, let us know what rituals you partake in already or if you've got any questions about the rituals that um, you're thinking of, you Mm. know, investing some time in or researching and we'd be more than happy to talk about it. Yeah, I'd love to hear. I'd be more than happy to ask you questions about it, Shannon. Yeah. Um, And so one other thing that I want to ask you, I heard you mention before that when you open up Circle, you pay attention to the four corners Mm -hmm. um, and the elements. Yes. And the guardians of the corners. Yeah. So talk to me a bit about those. So the elements are all from the earth. So you've got air, earth, fire and water. And I've been taught to associate the direction um, with those elements. So 
personally, uh, and this can change depending on how you've been taught and what lineage, Mm -hmm. but for me, uh, the east is air uh, and that also represents spring. And as I was discussing before about those four archetypes of woman, um, that comes into this as well. So it's once again that like layer and spiral of different things, like it's, you've got Different you know, divine times oh, happening. Yeah. So you've can got we can we do an episode on that maiden mother Marga thing? Hell yes. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm very passionate about that. I love it. So um yeah, so you've got east, air, spring, the maiden energy, so which is all full of potential. And if you think about, yeah, beautiful maiden, she's she's growing and she's changing becoming. and yeah, yeah, becoming. So she's like a little seedling that's just sprouted out of the earth. What make of this? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And then we move into the north um, and the element of fire and summer, Mm. the season of summer. And then you've got the mother energy. So mother is full bloom and birthing something. This is where we are. Yes. 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 We are in. We are in mother. mother. Yeah. And then you move around to the west and the element of water and the season of autumn and that is marga energy, which is... A marga is typically 50 years of age. You transition into marga, which is sometimes known as um, enchantress or, okay. yeah, so it's got yeah. a few different names. That's cool. It sounds so cool. I like that word. Bring it on. And uh, so marga is about letting go. So you think mm. of the, the leaves falling off the tree and just let it go and what yeah. doesn't serve you. And then you move to the south and the element of earth and winter and that's crone energy. So the crone is... The wise woman, she's kind of bringing her energy back to herself and I just always picture, yeah, planting seeds deep in the earth and that dormancy and rest, rest and that quietness before you move back around into spring again. Hmm. So are they the guardians then? Who are the guardians? Well, the guardians, depending on your beliefs, um, the guardians... Are they gods and goddesses? Yeah, well, they can be... um, well, it's very, it's, very, it's very personal. So I guess some people might assign entities or gods or goddesses um, or even totem animals. So, yeah, that totally depends on your own your own personal belief system. Cool. And yeah. so does that, um, does that personal belief system come about through what you feel more naturally attracted to or through your, like, your what you've been taught through your generations or through your coven? Like, is this something like, um, so my husband, Matt does, um, he's been, he does meditation courses Mm -hmm. and, um, he, from the very first time that he did his, his meditate, his first meditation course, his instructor and his teacher gifted him a personal mantra. Mm -hmm. And that becomes only his, only he has it and he can't share it with anyone. It's personal and it's a gift from teacher to student. Mm -hmm. And then when Matt, if he teaches anyone, he is allowed to now give them a personal mantra. Beautiful. So like does the guardians and things like that, does that kind of stuff come from, I guess it would come from lots of different places, but would it come from your mentor, your elder, your mother, your father, your family, like... Does it, does it, is it something that gets passed down? Is it something like, I guess as a, a solitary witch, mm. like, is this something that you just have like a, a an infinity with a certain yeah. force or source? I think it could be all those things, to okay. be honest. Um, personally, myself, the mine are, I have like 
spirit animals that I have assigned to the different directions that I have an affinity with personally and I've had like, yeah, spiritual experiences with personally. So for me in the north is the black cockatoo mm-hmm. um, and the element of fire. Which is in the intro and it outro. It is in, in the intro. Music. And a little tidbit of information, the black cockatoo you hear in the music is recorded on our property Aww. and we see them all the time there and I've just, yeah, they always just make my spirit sore when I see them, that's for sure. They're beautiful. That was so poetic of you, Shannon. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they really do. Like mm. even my family know if there's a black cockatoo on the property, they Mom! run in and like, Mom, because I will like run outside. Where are they? And I just stand there in awe. They're just the most beautiful birds. Aww. And uh, for me in the west of water is the whale. So mm-hmm. For me, whales are about communication and emotions and they dive deep and, yeah, I've just always loved that whale mm. energy. Uh, in the south, for me, is the snake. So snake energy is about shedding, letting go. Um, they're constantly shedding their skins and transforming, um, which, yeah, I just feel that's such a crone mm. energy, earth energy. And then in the east, for me, is the eagle because I always see sea eagles yeah. and the beach and associate yeah yep. the east with sunrise and that eagle soaring so I love that yeah and so when you invite them into the circle as the guardian of the corner mm-hmm. what do you say to them I yeah I pay respect I pay respect to them and ask for them to hold like help me hold the space and okay. raise the energy yeah mm. and to bring those attributes that I believe they hold into that energy right yeah so in mediumship, we talk about gatekeepers. Ah, okay. So it's similar yeah. in terms of like a lot of people will have um, Archangel Michael mm-hmm. standing as the gatekeeper to open up the circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to protect us to work in the light and yep. whatever else you want to say changes for me every time I do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll call in gods and goddesses as well, but that's a personal yeah. flavor ad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I'm sure, like, how I do things isn't the only way, that's for no, sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I guess this podcast is what I know to be true for myself, but I guess it gives you some ideas about what is out there and it's what's also possible just, and... yeah, really great for people to know that there's, there's no rule book. No, 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 it's... it's really not. And if someone's trying to tell you that it should be a certain way, they're wrong. I think so. I think that that's, um, you know, there's obviously those core foundations of the elements and directions that you can't kind of change those. (laughs) I guess, and and the Sabbaths and the rituals, how you do those rituals and what you do inside of them is up to your own flavour. Absolutely. But the elements of them, yeah, Yeah. the specific elements to it would all be quite foundational and fundamental. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. So... It's time for Divine Tool of the Week. Da, da, da. What is it? What is it? Today we are talking about hagstones. Okay. <laughs> What's a hagstone? So uh, the reason I'm talking about it, I found an amazing one on the beach on... Yesterday. Yesterday. Was, yes, was it yesterday? Sunday. On Sunday. Mm. Um that time flies in COVID. Oh, I know, right? I know. So, yeah, um, yeah, and it it piqued my interest of sharing it with you all because I have had a love of hagstones for a while now. So basically uh, they are a stone, usually palm-sized or smaller, with a naturally occurring hole from the element of water. 
that over time erodes the rock, usually found by, you know, the ocean or a river. And yeah, so it's basically like a little rock with a hole in it. It could be two holes, three holes. The one I found on Sunday had 16 holes. And he's also not palm size. No, it's probably more like... It's a big ass human if that's the size of a palm. I know, right? It's probably more like a foot size-ish. Yeah. So they're also known as witch stones, seer stones, great mother stones, hex stones, snake eggs and fairy stones. Hmm. And it's believed that magic cannot work on running water. So these what? rare stones <laughs> were formed by that element so they retain the water's beneficial influence. So as a result, a hagstone is an amazing protection amulet. Magic cannot work on... Oh, okay. So yeah. as in if someone tries to hex you or use magic on you, yeah. if you're in running water, then it has no power over you. It doesn't work. So the hagstone is like an amulet of protection yes. because the water has run through it. That's right. Oh, yes. Get it. So Can you I have can... that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the 16 holes and that's pretty special. So you can wear this stone around your neck as a powerful. Uh, not that no, that one one's neck. pretty large. I think it'd get some looks. Um, so yeah, you can wear it around your neck as a powerful witch's charm for personal protection. And they do work better if you personally acquire one rather than someone giving you one or buying one. So yeah. it's said that they're meant to cross your path when you need them because they are actually quite hard to find. Um, you seem to find them all the time. I do, weirdly. I think I found, so we were in Crescent Head in January for our family holiday and my daughters know about the Hagstone, so we all went out. I found five and they were so annoyed at me because they didn't find any. I think they found one each by the time we left, but we were there for a week and the whole like beach is covered in rocks, so it's a pretty good place to look. But yeah, I came home with five. So Couldn't you just like find one and pretend you didn't see it, and then call one of the girls over and just like pretend? I like, could if I was not, a are nice you even mom. a mum? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not, mum. Oh, fancy that. But I have used them to protect our home. So I have one like right at the front door. I have one in my handbag, one in the car. So, yeah, I use them all around the place to protect our family. Okay. And so when you put it at the door, so like I put selenite at the door and I put black tourmaline at my door. Mm Mm-hmm. So I now need to add a hagstone. Yeah, if you can find a hagstone, they're amazing. So I'm going to need to get my front door a bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a pocket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a bra. Yes. Yeah. My door needs a bag. Well, so you can also put them on like some red cord and hang them above the doorway. So you might What's not need the... What's the symbolism of red? Oh, red is power and blood and fertility and... Yeah, protection. Goddess. Goddess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hang them above your doorway or window to protect your home or business. Um, You can also hang them near where your pet sleeps to guard over your pets. Oh, gushy. And if you have horses or livestock, they can be hung above the stable or barn door. Fun fact, Shannon has too many horses, one named Oreo and one named X-Man. I do. And they're so (laughs) cute. Cutest. They're the cutest little dudes. Um, They're also called fairy stones because their power is said to aid the user in seeing. So if you close one eye and peer through the hole, you'll be able to see into the kingdom of the fae and elementals. Is that why they're called seer stones as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So the one I found, I think that's like... 16 realms of fairy I could maybe see into, blow my mind. (laughs) 
And you can also use them um, in spells for fertility. So if you tie the hagstone to your bedpost, it can help facilitate pregnancy. It ain't coming nowhere near my bedroom. (laughs) Keep it away from the bedroom. And if you uh, use the hagstone suspended on red cord, it's especially useful at Samhain when the veil between the world, um, this world and the fairy world is thin. So to aid you to see into that. That realm. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to have a few, you can tie them all together and boost their power. And it's said to increase your intuition. Oh, I feel like I would, you know, just like, <laughs> I don't know, Tracy's el- levitate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So if you're out, you know, by the beach or the river and you find a rock with a hole in it, Pick it up. It's, it's a, not just a rock with a hole in it. It's not just a rock. It's a beautiful sacred hagstone. And take it home and add it to your collection of beautiful magical tools. Are you even a witch without a hagstone? I know, right? Oh. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, as usual, I will post a photo of the hagstone we have been discussing today. The giant hagstone. The giant hagstone. And I've got a little one here too I brought in. So Maybe it's from the realm of giants. Maybe. Maybe. I've never seen one with that many holes. Like it blew my mind. It's pretty special. It is. It was a beautiful find. So I'll post it to Instagram. And if you haven't followed us yet, we are at turns out underscore she's a witch. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Instagram. Leave us a comment. Send us uh, your questions. Send us, uh, like we mentioned, uh, what rituals you partake in. Yeah, I would love to know. Or if you're part of a coven and how yeah, you and became. How- out the coven we would love to hear Mm. thanks witches magic seekers and everyone else in between see you next time bye or hear you next time no speak to you next time (laughs)